Hello and welcome to the Turning 2 Podcast, Episode 1. That's right, Episode 1. Last week I named it Episode 0, and last week was kind of an overview of what this podcast is going to be. And today is Day 1, Episode 1 of, I think, what the real product's going to look like. So once again, I'm your host, Jack Lyons, and yeah, welcome. I'm recording this on February 21st. I think this is going to air on the 23rd, if I'm not mistaken. That's a Wednesday, uh, Friday. So just off the bat, right away, just want to say, uh, we do have some news I will dive into right here, but off the bat, just saying quickly, uh, episodes will come out every Friday at 8 a.m. Central Time. So I have a planned out pretty much uh, for days I'm going to record and then days that this uh, podcast are going to air. And as of right now, they are going to air uh, on Fridays at 8 a.m. Central Time, uh, because I'm in the Central Time Zone. makes the most sense to me. Uh, So I'll have those up and going. So I'm just saying that because if there's any big baseball news or anything like that, that um, breaks kind of in the awkward days between the actual episode getting aired and I don't talk about it on the actual episode, and it's like, what the heck, what are you doing? Uh, why aren't you talking about this huge thing that happened, this big trade, or wh- whatever it is? Uh, I'll likely get to it next week, unless I can tighten up my recording schedule. But for now, I think that's going to be the plan. Uh, yeah, I'm recording this on February 22nd. It's currently 1 p.m., so if anything big happens between the time I'm recording this and that Friday morning, we'll talk about it. Uh, next week. But yeah, welcome back. Uh, Welcome to episode one. If this is your first episode, hello, I'm Jack. I'm the host here at the Turning 2 podcast. Uh, It's a solo podcast where it's just a guy that loves baseball who talks about baseball. We talk about stats, prospects, and today's main topic is going to be MLB projected standings. Uh, This is a big one. Fangraphs uh, just released their projections uh, on the season, including World Series odds, playoff percentages and uh, just overall division percentages and uh, win-loss totals. So I'm going to be looking at those, and I'm also going to be giving you my predictions on how the season's going to end. That's right. We're already talking about October baseball, and it's February 21st. But let's get right into it. Before we start the main segment, uh, a couple brief things in our intro that we can talk about. First of all, baseball starts this week. I'm very, very excited. I don't care that it's spring training. I don't care that games don't really matter. I don't care about any of that stuff. All I care about is I get to watch baseball this Saturday. My Mariners are taking on the White Sox. I'm very excited for it. So if you need MLB TV, go purchase MLB TV. Go do whatever you got to do to get in front of a TV or a radio station and listen or watch some good baseball. Very excited for that. I think the first spring training game is... Thursday, so it already happened on ESPN. ESPN's airing a random Thursday spring training game against the Dodgers and Padres. So it's baseball season. We're going to have baseball now here for what feels like the rest of the year, up and through probably November. So great time to be be alive for that. But uh, real quickly, last week we talked about some free agents that still have not signed, and three have signed since that last uh, episode. So we got Brandon Woodruff, Liam Hendricks, and Hunjin Ryu have all signed uh, contracts to play baseball next season. Let's break those down really quick. Uh, first, we'll go with Brandon, uh, Brandon Woodruff. He's currently hurt with Tommy's on surgery and probably will not be available until at least July, maybe even August. And some even say that he'll be out for the entirety of next year, depending on who you ask and depending on where his rehab is right now. Uh, I don't know if he's at spring training. I don't know anything like that. 
but he was a free agent. There were some rumblings that he might leave Milwaukee. However, he signed a two-year deal uh, with the Milwaukee Brewers to stay there. I don't think any money has officially been announced, probably because it's so incentive-based, based off of, hey, if you pitch this year at all, you'll get this amount of money. But if not, we'll just roll it over into next year. So there hasn't been any money officially talked about yet uh, with that. However, is a two-year deal for Brandon good for him? He still gets a home. He has some security, even though he's going through uh, Tommy John surgery, which I think everyone who knows baseball knows. Uh, not not a joking matter, but yeah, Woodruff, uh, career ERA, uh, 310. Uh, or his, uh, excuse me, his 2024 projected as 310. Uh, in 2023, before he went down, he had 67 innings. He had a 2.28 ERA. Uh, this is, we're talking about an ace here in Brandon Woodruff. Uh, the Brewers really used to have Corbin Burns and Brandon Woodruff back-to-back until Burns got traded. Uh, but yeah. Woodruff, really good guy when he's healthy, when he's on. He's been with Milwaukee his entire career since 2017. Good that he can stay with Milwaukee and stay uh, with the Brew crew and continue to pitch for them. Hopefully he comes back uh, better than ever with that. Uh, the next pitcher I want to talk about, all these guys are pitchers, Come, uh, funny enough. Next pitcher we're going to talk about, though, is Liam Hendricks. And the Red Sox agreed to a two-year, $10 million guaranteed contract. Uh, this is big for Hendricks. Uh, for those don't, who don't know who Liam Hendricks is, one of the most elite and electric closers in all of baseball. That is for sure. Hilarious guy. Um, really fun to watch on and off the field. And last year, uh, two years ago, excuse me. Uh, no, yeah, it was this last year. Um, he was diagnosed with cancer and was able to beat it and come back and pitch in the same season. Incredible what he did uh, this past year, uh, beating cancer, cancer survivor, and then comes back and pitches a couple months after he is pronounced cancer-free. Pretty awesome story, but outside of that, he's also a pretty electric closer. Uh, In 2022, he had a 2.81 ERA, 2021, 2.54 ERA, 2020, even though it's a shortened season, 1.78 ERA, and in 2019, he had a 1.80 ERA. This kid is electric. Uh, his K's, uh, his uh, K's per nine through the roof. But all ten, uh, like all uh, relievers, K through nines tend to be pretty high. But 2022 had a 13.27 K per nine. 2021 14.32 K per nine, and 2020 13.14 uh, K per nine. Uh, we're talking about one of the mo- uh, elite closers in baseball. Uh, but because he had to miss so much time when he was getting his cancer treatment, it can be he, he can kind of go unnoticed now because we haven't seen him at his max velocity and his max uh, altitude in some time. So really happy that he was able to get a good contract. Red Sox finally spend some money uh, after a really really awkward offseason where it looks like they're trying to cut payroll, but they spend ten million dollars guaranteed uh, all guaranteed money to Liam Hendricks, and they bring in a pretty great closer in baseball, and hopefully Liam is able to bounce back and have a great year. And then finally, Hunjin Ryu signed a cod- uh, contract in the KBO, the Korean Baseball uh, Organization, for the, ho- excuse me if I get this wrong, Hanwana Eagles, I believe it's Hanwana Eagles. Uh, and this uh, contract makes him the highest play- paid player ever in the KBO. Uh, and for those who don't know Hunjin Ryu in his uh, history, uh, he's a Korean pitcher, uh, pitched in Korea from tw- 2006 to 2012. Then uh, was with the Dodgers from 2013 all the way through 2019, 
and was with the Toronto Blue Jays from 2020 till last season. Uh, last year, uh, last two years, I should say, he's been kind of plagued with injury, so it's kind of de- um, devalued his value a little bit. And my guess here is he either he's done with the MLB or possibly uh, there wasn't a contract on the table that he loved initially. So then he moved back to the KBO, uh, back to his home state, uh, uh, state home country. There we go. Uh, his home country and is making a bunch of money there. Once again, an undisclosed amount of money, but highest paid player that, that sure does sound pretty, pretty good. Uh, yeah, Ryu, great player. Um, his career ERA in the MLB uh, is uh, 3.27, so very, very solid pitcher. Uh, in his l- later years with the Dodgers in 2019, he had a 2.32 ERA, which is absolutely insane. And his expected ERA is three point was 3.43. So his he was pitching just as you would have thought he was. Uh, so that's pretty awesome to see. Uh, so yeah, Hunjin Ryu goes back to the KBO. Liam Hendricks and uh, Brendan Woodruff go back. Uh, Brendan Woodruff goes to the Milwaukee. Liam Hendricks goes to uh, the Boston Red Sox. So overall. Uh, some activity on the market. I expect there to be more. There have been rumblings right now about Matt Chapman and where he's planning to go. And you still have Cody Bellinger, who has yet to even receive an uh, MLB contract yet, which is insane to me. And you also have Blake Snell, the reigning NL Cy Young winner, still awaiting a contract as well. He reportedly was offered a contract by the Yankees. However, no news or any kind of suggestion on if he's going to take that or counter offer or anything like that. But yeah, so that is the opener right there. And we'll take a break right here. And when we get back, we'll talk about some projections in this year's season. All right, let's make some predictions. So I have my all my divisions laid out and who I think is going to finish first all the way down to fifth. And also I have asterisks next to these uh, teams on if I think that they're going to make the playoffs. And everything that I'm going to talk about today is also going to be compared to fan graphs and their projections on uh, the AL and NL teams this season. Um, really quickly, if uh, those who do not know, fan graphs is a uh, MLB stats uh, page on the internet, I'll have all of the links that I used for any of my references and stats in the description today if you want to take a look or really anything with that. So today I'm going to go division by division, who I think is going to finish first, who I think is going to finish last. At the end of each league, I'll say who I have making the playoffs for each of those teams. And after every division, I'll then go over to the Fangraph side and say, hey, this is their projected wins and losses. This is their projected to win the division and all that percentages and numbers stuff. Because I think that's really, really interesting. And Fangraphs tends to be pretty accurate with their stuff. Everything's always changing. We haven't even started a spring training game yet. So this is very, very early and very, very premature. Uh, however, it's fun to do. And it's while baseball is happening, there isn't a whole lot to talk about. So we might as well get into the what-ifs uh, of the season. Uh, so let's dive right, in, right into it with my AL West. Um, AL West is a slaughter fest. The top three teams in the AL West will beat each other up. And I think no division really helped each other out more than the AL West in not playing 
against each other so uh, as much as they usually have. So for those who also don't know, last season, the MLB made it a point to every team has to play each other at least once, meaning you had an insane amount of inter- uh, inter squad or inter league games between AL and NL teams that usually never happened. Like I remember turning on the TV and the Braves were playing the A's on a Tuesday, and it's really really random, but that's what happened, and I loved it. It kind of some said it like defeated the purpose of divisions, but I thought it was great. You see teams playing other teams that you never really see, or like once every four years they play each other, or something crazy like that. So I think it's great for baseball. But with that. Teams in their division played each, each other. I think it was something like 25% less than uh, than usual, which is an insane amount. So let's get started in the AL West. Uh, winning the division, I have the Houston Astros. I don't think there's a whole lot to say here. I think the Astros probably have the most complete roster on the team. And I know there's a lot of people saying, well, the Rangers won the World Series. I'll get to the Rangers in a second. There's a lot of skepticism I have with the Rangers. But Astros, most complete team, I think they're up there. For uh, the second best pitching staff in the division, I think the first best goes to our, my second place team. But their pitching staff is stacked uh, still. They have one of the best bullpens that's stacked. And as long as Jose Altuve and Alex Bregman and Jordan Alvarez are on that team, I expect them to win at least 88 games, probably more. Um, I'm not going to lie to you. But yeah, Houston Astros, I have them winning the division. Uh, and I think it's enough said there. Right, like everyone thinks that they can always get to the Astros, they're going to be inevitable till the end. I'm pretty sure that they'll probably uh, end up winning the division this year. Uh, second place, I have the Seattle Mariners, and I'm trying to take bias aside. I'm trying to take a step back and say, all right, what am I doing here? Am I actually believing in the Mariners? I think this Mariners team has the best pitching staff in all of baseball right now, or, or close to it. Your top three is Luis Castillo, George Kirby, and Logan Gilbert. Those three are all in the top eight of betting odds to win the Cy Young this year in the AL. They're the only team that has three in the top eight. That's incredible. I think that their pitching staff is going to carry them almost to the promised land. And what they did in the offseason, I think, balancing out their roster, yeah, they got rid of Geno, they got rid of Kelnick. They cut away a lot of strikeouts, though. They let Teoscar walk. That's another big strikeout issue. They let a lot of guys walk. However, they brought in leaders of the clubhouse, and they really have a balanced lineup now. They brought back Mitch Hanniger, who I think is a determined leader, knows the Mariners really well. They brought in Luke Rayleigh, who I think is a, as a left fielder or right fielder, is going to be fantastic, bring some power and depth uh, as a lefty into this lineup. And then you also have Jorge Polanco now as your starting second baseman. You have a leader there, a guy who's been there, done that, I think that's a really, really great thing to have in a lineup. Uh, kind of young, like this Mariners lineup still is. So I have the Mariners number two. Number three, I have the defending World Series champs, the Texas Rangers. And really, really for one, probably two reasons. One, I their offense last year was one of the best offenses I think I've ever seen in all of baseball since like the 2017 Astros. is the only team I could compare it to in my head. And we all know what happened with that team. And, you know, fake fake World Series, all that stuff. But this Rangers team, a lot of things had to work right for the Rangers. And a lot of things did. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I don't think that's a bad thing at all. However, I think a lot of things worked out really, really well. But something that really, really concerns me with this Rangers team is the pitching. Your top two are out. You have Scherzer and DeGrom at least out until midsummer, probably around the All-Star break. I think that's really, really concerning. 
You have the possibility of Jordan Montgomery not coming back to your team. He was a bulldog for the second half of you uh, for the second half of uh, the season last year. I think those guys walking. I think this team can get very very vulnerable. Let alone their bullpen issues that they had last year. They have yet to address it this year. Their offense is fine. Their offense is completely fine. They'll be great. You have Evan Carter coming in too for like he got a little taste of the big leagues last year but you have him coming in you probably have Wyatt Langford who's a top five prospect in my book he's incredible him at Florida was insane you probably have him coming in the offense is fine pitching you might give up six runs and you might only score five that's where I can see the only flaw in the Texas Rangers if they have pitching settled I think they're winning the division easily again but a lot of things had to go right for them they had no injuries last year Corey Seager looked like a Greek god whenever he stepped on the uh, the field. You had Marcus Simeon, who was Mr. Clean, and you everyone forgot how great of a second baseman Marcus Simeon is. But he was great. You have a lot of these young guys. The offense is fine. Pitching scares me, and that's about it. Uh, and the last two in the AL West, I think we can round these up pretty good. Angels at four and the A's at five. Uh, I'm not really impressed with either team. Angels, I think you're taking a step back. Otani's left, taking a step back. You have made some additions, but your team's young. You're trying to rebuild kind of, again, trying to find a new identity for your team. Can Mike Trout carry you to the promised land? You don't know. So it's a, it's a little bit of an identity year for the Angels. Uh, figure out your pitching a little bit more, you know, do that kind of stuff. And the A's, we can talk all about the A's all we want. Um, a lot of things going on with the A's. Uh They've made pretty much no. I think they they've got who they get. They got Ross Striplin uh, in free agency randomly. That was a really random trade or uh, acquisition, I should say. Um, that's top of my head. That's all I can think of. Uh, so yeah, A's. There's not a whole lot of nothing really noticeable there uh, with the team, but should be a good year. The AL West is going to be very interesting. I like I said. I think the top three Mariners, uh, Rangers, and Astros. I think that's going to be a very 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 tight race. Very, very tight. I think that can go in any order, and I would believe it. Um, but that's what I think right now. Angel, uh, Astros 1, Mariners 2, Rangers 3, Angels 4, uh, A's 5. And then going over to the uh, fan graphs right now, uh, the projected win total for the Astros is 90. Mariners is 85. Rangers is 81. Uh, Angels is 77. And Athletics is 70. Uh, so even fan graphs is saying Rangers probably going to cool down a little bit. Astros, 90, that feels right. Mariners, 85, that feels about right. I'd probably round, I think Mariners could probably get 88 games here. Um, and then looking at uh, the make the playoff odds, Astros have an 86% chance to make the playoffs. Mariners have a 60% chance to make the playoffs. And the Rangers have a 36% chance to make the playoffs uh, as your big top three. Um, that all pretty much sounds right uh, to me. I agree kind of with everything there. Uh, but, yeah, let's move on to the AL Central. Uh, horrible division, AL Central. It could go it, – it, it's, it's a toss-up. Like, no one knows what the AL Central is until they start playing. And, like, even – like, a team with 80 wins is probably going to win the division and go to the playoffs because that's how it works. Um, I have the Guardians winning the division right now uh, purely because I think that they had a better base – of an offseason than the Twins did. And I have the Twins number two. Twins got rid of a lot of uh, assets, and they didn't add a whole lot of assets. They got depth, but they didn't add anything in a way that's like, yep, the Twins are in it for real this year. It feels like they're taking a little bit of a uh, step back 
Carlos Correa was not nearly what they thought it would uh, he would be. Feels like they're stalling out a little bit. Uh, I have the Tigers at three. Tigers have a really good core. They really, really do. I can see the Tigers maybe even being second in the division this year uh, behind the Guardians. I really, really do. I think the ti- if everything works out for the Tigers, if their prospects come up and they all work together and it looks uh, like a somewhat of a cohesive unit, I see that tar- Tigers team being sneaky. I do not think the playoffs are at all in the cards for them, uh, but I see them being sneaky. I see. I think they're about maybe two years away. They got a lot of the prospects coming up. Casey Mize might be back this year, their former number one overall pick. Um, I see a lot of good things happen with the Tigers. Royals just signed Bobby Wood Jr. to that massive extension, that $300 million contract. Uh, outside of that, don't really like the team. Uh, they're bottom farm system in the entire league. There's not a whole lot of hope on the future outside of wit. It's <laughs> it looks it looks kind of rough for the Royals. Uh, I won't lie. So uh, Royals and Tigers, I can see them easily flip flopping in the rankings of the division. And then White Sox, I mean, pretty big dumpster fire there. They looked like their window would be about I don't know three four years ago when it looked like everything was going to go right and everything absolutely did not. Uh, so they're trying to have a new. Uh, new identity. Colston Montgomery, one of the top shortstops uh, as a prospect right now. Looks like he might make the team out of camp. Uh, and if he does, that would be awesome. I think that would be really, really sweet. Uh, maybe, you know, add some life to this very, very young White Sox and very kind of inexperienced White Sox team. Uh, you don't really know what the White Sox are doing. Like, there's not really a whole big identity to them. It feels like injuries, and that's about it uh, for the White Sox. So I have them rounding out the division here uh, in the AL Central. So once again, it's Guardians win the division. Twins 2, Tigers 3, Royals 4, White Sox 5. And let's go over to the MLB, uh, the Fangraph projections, excuse me. So right now they have the Twins at 84 wins uh, projected, Guardians at 80 wins, Tigers at 79 wins. Royals at 75 uh, wins and White Sox at 66 wins. Uh, yeah, they uh, pretty bullish on the Twins, if you ask me, uh, for fan graphs, uh, having them that high. But once again, I think the Guardians, I think their pitching is probably more established and young uh, that I can see the Guardians kind of making a push, just pure pitching wise. And you also have Jose Ramirez uh, as your third baseman who can, feels like he's going to break out for an MVP any year now. Uh, playoff percentages, Twins are at uh, 64.7%. Uh, that is pretty high. But as just, it feels like the winner of the di- this division will be the only playoff only playoff representative for this team. And then you have the Guardians at 33%. And the Tigers at 27.3%. That, I'm very bullish on the Tigers this year. I'm not saying they will make the playoffs, but I'm very, very bullish on the Tigers this year. I think that they could, I think they could shock some people, turn some heads maybe. So moving on, uh, we'll go to the AL East, the last AL division we got. And the AL East is a lot like the AL West, just really, really, really top-heavy and strong. And we'll start, I think the Orioles are going to repeat in winning the AL East this season. The Orioles are one of my favorite teams in all of baseball right now, outside of the Mariners. You have Jackson Holiday, who might be, as a 20-year-old, he was the number one overall pick two years ago. He might be your opening day second baseman this year, and he's lighting up everywhere he walks, it feels like. Jackson Holiday is lightning in a bottle. Plus, you already have Gunnar Henderson as your starting shortstop and Adley Rutschman as your catcher. The future is now if you're the Orioles. It's now, and they've already been making moves. They traded for Corbin Burns. That's a huge buy-in move right there for the Orioles, and I love this team. I love this team. They're so young. 
all these and these guys aren't going anywhere. These guys are on the team for a, a while now. They're going to be here for a little bit. So I, I love that. Uh, I think that I think the Orioles are going to be good this year. I think they're gonna be really really good. Uh, I I don't know if I don't know if World Series is in is in the cards this year just because they're so young. You know, last year when they got to the playoffs, they played the Rangers and I feel like the Rangers just out experienced the Orioles by a mile. It felt like they just crushed them out of water. It wasn't the Orioles team we'd seen all year, and I think a lot of that's age. You know, these kids have never been to the playoffs before; they have never experienced anything. So I wouldn't be surprised if an ALCS comes out of this season for the Orioles. I don't know if World Series is in the cards this year. However, I love the team. Love how young they are. There's a lot of development still to be had. However, the future is now for the Orioles, and I love it. Uh, number two in the AL East is the New York Yankees. I'm not a, I'm a big Yankee hater. I always have been. But what they've done this offseason is purely address their needs, and they did that, and they succe- I think they did it in a really, really good way. First, you go out and get the number one player available on the trade market, probably already a certified Hall of Famer, Juan Soto. You go out and, out and get him and pair him with Aaron Judge in the outfield, immediately elite top three in the order right there. Uh, they went out and got Alex Verdugo. I think that's awesome. The only concern with the Yankees is, is, if, is the back half of your bullpen or uh, back half of your rotation, excuse me, is that still as strong as it could be? You know, Is that still something that we can look at and be like, all right, this works. Rendon has had his issues. Can he bounce back and look like the Carlos Rodon we saw at um, with the White Sox and with the Giants? Can he do that again? If he can, I think you're set and you have one of the best rotations in baseball. But if not, I would be slightly concerned. The offense is there. It feels like this is a more complete and deep team. However, we got to look at it and be like, all right, there is some skepticism, but I do think they'll uh, be second here in the AL East. Uh, number three is the Rays. The Rays haven't done a whole lot. Rays have not done a whole lot. They signed Ar- uh, Ahmed Rosario this morning, actually. I think it was for like $1.2 million on a one-year deal. Um, outside of that, I mean, they traded Luke Rayleigh for, uh, to the Seattle Mariners for Jose Caballero. That wasn't a huge move. Uh, they're still trying to find their new identity at second ba- uh, shortstop, excuse me, after a the whole Wander Franco uh, debacle. Still trying to figure that stuff out. Uh, so the Rays are just a big question mark for me. They're going to be able to pitch. They're always able to pitch. But with is Randy Rose Randy going to be able to put this team on his back like he has done before? We don't know. We don't know. Uh, fourth, I have the Toronto Blue Jays. This might be a hot take. The Blue Jays have done absolutely nothing this offseason. They've done nothing. It feels like they're big flaw. It feels like they always have the plans of they want to be in the big market teams. They want to go after Shohei. They want to go after Juan Soto. But they settle for Justin Turner. And like it, it feels like the Blue Jays are always right there. They want to be the team, but they just fall short and they settle for mediocre instead of only the best. Uh, and for that reason alone, I think the AL East is going to beat up on the Blue Jays. Yeah, they have Kevin Gosman. I think they have a great uh, rotation as well. It's an old rotation. It's a really, really old rotation. Uh, there's a lot. There's a lot of older guys in there, which means injuries can pop up. Uh, and also, do we think Alec Mano is going to be what he once was two seasons ago? Who knows? Who knows? Is George Springer going to give you more than half of a season? You don't know. You don't know. Is Vladdy going to be able to bounce back after a mediocre year last year? Hopefully, you hope so. I mean, you know what you're going to get in Bo Bichette, but there's a lot of banking here on the Blue Jays, and I think in this division, that's just 
you're asking for trouble a little bit. And then you have the Boston Red Sox. I have at uh, five. Red Sox have done. I mean, they signed Liam Hendricks. They signed uh, Lucas Giolito. And I think that's about it. I'm trying to go back in my memory of what they've added. And I think, yeah, that might be it. I think there's probably a piece of offense in there somewhere. But Red Sox, owner made it pretty clear. They're cutting payroll. They're not trying to really fully compete this year. Uh, and that for that reason alone, I have them at the bottom of the AL East. Uh, looking at projections, uh, they have the Yankees at 88 wins, Rays at 85 wins, Orioles at 84 wins, Blue Jays at 83 wins, and Red Sox at 79 wins. All yeah, all like you have the first place and last place all separated by only nine wins, so you don't you don't know. And looking at the make per, uh, the playoff uh, percentages, Yankees are at seventy five percent, Rays are at sixty one percent, Orioles at fifty two percent, Blue Jays at forty seven percent, and even the Red Sox are at twenty five percent. So this it can go any uh, either way. It can go kind of wherever. I, I would give it to the Orioles, though. I really would. I think that even though they're young, they had kind of a lightning-in-the-bottle moment last year in, the, in their season. But I think that they can do something great here this year again. Uh, and the Yankees, I think they're going to be there in the hunt, too. Uh, moving on to the NL real quick. We'll go NL West. Uh, oh, actually, I'll, let me say who I think is making the playoffs out of the AL. So uh, AL, you have the division winners, the Astros, Guardians, and Orioles. And the two wildcard teams, I have the Yankees. And I have the Mariners making the wild card. Uh, yeah, I think it's going to be a great, great year in the AL, outside of the AL Central, AL West, and AL East. Very, very competitive. Um, and yeah, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a good season. I think it's going to be a really, really solid season. Uh, oh, and the Rangers also making the playoffs there as well as another wild card team. Um, so yeah, I think it's. I think it's going to be pretty intense. I think it's going to be. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good season. It's a good season. I'm getting excited just looking at it right now. So let's move on to the NL. Uh, NL West, I have the Dodgers winning it. I think uh, there's no explanation, uh, explanation I have to put there for the Dodgers winning the NL West. You added Shohei Otani and Yashinono, uh, Yashinobo Yamamoto uh, from Japan, two of the biggest free agents probably of all time. You spent a billion dollars on each of those uh, on those guys together. Yeah, there's... There's nothing more to say with that. Uh, Dodgers, they're going to be there. Can they win the? Uh, can they win it all? That's a huge, huge, huge question. Can they win it all? And only time will tell. Moving on, we have the NL uh, representative in the World Series last year, the uh, the Diamondbacks. I have them second. I think that they're going to be pretty close to the Dodgers. But once again, like the Orioles, just a young, fun, well put together team. Uh, you have Corbin Carroll leading that group. Uh, I think it's going to be great. I really, really do. Uh, I think they're going to be really solid all around. They addressed pitching, which I felt like was their one flaw last season, but they addressed it. They got uh, Eduardo Rodriguez as their uh, new kind of second man to Zach Gallen. So I think that they're set up pretty well. At third, I have the uh, Padres. Padres are kind of taking a step back, you know, trading Juan Soto. Finally, after like you acquired him in a humongous trade, you thought that was going to be the year. Let's take a step step back now. Where are your assets going? They've had a lot of issues with money with the Bali sports deals, trying to figure out where their money is going to be coming from and stuff. So that's been a pretty big issue for the Padres. So I have them here, just middle of the pack. Maybe they compete for a wild card, but all honestly, I don't think they really will. Even with Machado, uh, uh, Machado, Tatis, um, you Darvish, like 
they've got all the pieces. It's can the rest of the team around them, can they build that depth to kind of carry them to the playoffs? Uh, fourth out of the Giants. Not a whole lot to say about the Giants. Uh, once again, they kind of they've made some moves. They like they got Jorge Soler kind of almost randomly. Uh, I think Soler would be kind of fun to watch uh, in that ballpark and to see where where he can go. Uh, so I have the Giants finishing fourth, Rockies finishing fifth. Not a whole lot to say about the Rockies other than Nolan Jones should be a lot of fun to watch uh, as a young prospect in the outfield. And looking at the NL uh, NL West projections, Dodgers are at 94 projected wins right now. Diamondbacks are at 84. Padres 81. Giants 80. Rockies are at 63 wins. Uh, playoff percentages, you have the Dodgers at 95%, Diamondbacks at 50%, and the Padres at 33%. Uh, and the Giants have are at 31% as well, um, which is not horrible for the Giants. I would have thought they might have been a little bit, uh, a little bit less than that. But, yeah, Dodgers 95% to make the playoffs preseason. Uh, Some might uh, call it crazy to say that. However, there's going to be a team here that might be even a little bit crazier. So moving on to NL Central. It's crazy how the Centrals mirror each other. It feels like they're just the 500. I would call them the 500 divisions. Just like the teams playing at 500 might accidentally make a playoff push and be like, ah, we didn't mean to do that. We wanted a good draft position. Uh-oh. Um, all that stuff. Uh, so NL Central, you got the, I have the Brewers taking it all purely on balance. I think that they did make some pretty good acquisitions this year, and they've got the pitching to kind of carry them over. Uh, the biggest uh, – non-acquisition, the departure from the Brewers is their manager. Huge, humongous, humongous departure uh, to for him to go then to the Cubs. And the, the Cubs I have second. Let's talk about the Cubs and the Reds real quick. I see these two being either-or right now. It's an either-or situation. The Reds last year, they're once again, kind of like the Orioles and the Diamondbacks, a youth movement team that, like, yeah, they can mess around and find themselves deep in the playoff hunt. But also, they can be taking a step back and be like, there's a lot, a lot of development we have to have here. I remember the Reds had an amazing summer, and then the month of September, they were just awful. So I think there's a lot of stuff like that where it's like you don't, you don't fully know uh, what the team's going to be. And I think the Reds are that. You have Elie De La Cruz, who is one of the most electrifying players I've ever seen, even just on TV. He was insane. You got young pitching with the Reds, too. You got Hunter Green and stuff like that. But that infield for the Reds feels like they're built for the future. It's whether or not that this year is their year that they make the push. And you don't know. You really don't. And with the Cubs, you have really no big acquisitions. <laughs> um, once again, they haven't made any huge moves. The big thing with the Cubs right now is will Cody Bellinger return to the Cubs? And the GM of the Cubs or the owner of the Cubs said that they've had uh, dialogue, but no actual like contract talks have been even mentioned uh so if you return cody bellinger great but you've still pretty much have the same offense as you did last year uh and without cody bellinger you look like you're in a little bit of a hole and the reds could come around and uh be that second team um so now let's go over to uh the cardinals who i have at fourth cardinals it looks like they're also taking a step back they're just trying to figure out who they are what's their identity they have the star power they have the young guys but can they all put it together they made a lot of acquisitions uh, with pitching. They got Sonny Gray to go back to the car, uh, back to the Cardinals. I believe he was there, but originally, uh, Sonny Gray to go back to the Car- uh, Cardinals. You have uh, Lance Lynn going back to the Cardinals. If he can control his home run issue, I think that they're really, really uh, well set up for that uh, that uh, pitching rotation and stuff. Uh, 
So the Cardinals, once again, kind of a big question mark on will the young guys show up? Will they do this and that? Uh, and the Cardinals kind of also reminded me of the Blue Jays of like being a big, they say they want to be a big market team, which I think the Cardinals are. It's just, it feels like they're all always in the talks of, hey, could they get Shohei Otani? Could they do these trades? Could they do, they do these big things? But they settle for a little bit mediocre. Um, but I do, I do think the addition of Sonny Gray is going to be their be, their best uh, their best acquisitions by far. And whenever you have Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt in your infield, I think you're set up for somewhat of a successful offense. It's can you find the balance around that with the all, all the other uh, young guys. Uh, and then I have the Pittsburgh Pirates at the bottom of the NL Central. However, I will say this: the Pirates have a lot a lot, a lot to be excited about with their farm system. Uh, and it's by the name of Paul Skeens. I don't know how many college baseball fans we have here uh, listening, but if you know anything about Paul Skeens, you know that this man is a madman. Uh, and if you don't know who he is, uh, do yourself a favor and go on YouTube and look up Paul Skeens LSU highlights. The dude was one of the most electric, like, electric pitchers of all time in college. Uh, he won... Uh, last year's College World Series with the uh, LSU Tigers. He went. Uh, he was drafted first overall by the Pirates uh, this year uh, over the summer in Seattle. I was there for it. It was awesome. The the dude can shove. Uh, so Pirates, there's a, Pirate fans. There's a lot to be excited about. Andrew McCutcheon's back. Yes, you're starting to be get get to like that baseball city aspect again. It does, the product will suck on the field for now. It feels like, but there is a lot to be uh, legitimately. There is a lot to be excited for. Uh, Henry Davis coming last year. That was a little bit of like the first wave, uh, kind of. You're gonna see Paul Skeens this year, and you might even see Paul Skeens break out of camp, which is insane to say. He got drafted last year first overall, and now he might even break big league camp with the uh, with the team a couple months later. You don't see that, and like Paul Skeens, he is. I think I believe he's 22, 21. He is older. But everything about him is electric. His arm is electric. He's just got a powerful build. He he will be great to see for Pirate fans. So Pirate fans, just wait for Paul Skeens. Enjoy him while you get him. And then the future is coming. I pro- I can promise you that. Um, and let's move on to the NL East, which I think is almost more of a beatdown, uh, kind of more of a uh, really, really top-heavy division, just like the AL and uh, AL West and East. Uh, teams. So, uh, oh, real quick, we'll go over to NL Central projections. Uh, Cardinals projected. Uh, Cardinals are projected actually the most wins out of every team. Cardinals projected 84 wins. Cubs projected 81 wins. Brewers projected 81 wins as well. Reds projected 79 wins. And Pirates project 77 wins. Whole lot of whole lot of 500. Uh, yeah, and their strength of schedule is all about 500 as well. Uh, I can see it going in anywhere. I really can. I just think the Brewers have the history. They have better pitching. They might take a step back with Craig Council, uh, Craig Council leaving as their manager and going to the Cubs. I do think the Cubs will greatly benefit from that. Um, but overall, the Cardinals have the best percentage to make the playoffs at 55%. Uh, but I do think the Brewers will probably be the one winning the division in the end. Uh, yeah, and now let's look at the NL East. Your top two you have, I think, are some of the best put-together teams in all of baseball. And at least I have winning the division, the Atlanta Braves. And the Atlanta, I'm just going to say it now because it's kind of crazy. The Dodgers were projected at 95 wins, correct? <laughs> the Atlanta Braves are projected at 98.5% chance of making the playoffs. That's crazy to me. 
Uh, that's that's really really stunning that they're already like that high and like it makes sense they have probably the best the best roster on the team or in the, in the league um as crazy that might as that might sound even with the Dodgers uh being around but yeah so you have Braves at one I don't think there's a whole lot to say there reigning uh, NL MVP Ronald Acuna Jr. you have uh Austin Riley as your third baseman you have Matt Olson as your first baseman you got power you got speed you got the pitching they just added Chris Sale to this rotation as well. And if Chris Sale can bounce back and be part of that winning culture, that's going to be really cool. You have a possibility of Jared Kelnick breaking uh, breaking out of his kind of like slump he's been in ever since he really came up to the majors, if we're being honest. you have an, uh, If you can break him out and you can get this rolling somehow, this offense and this team can even can be better than you've even like ever imagined, which is insane. Uh, second, I have the Phillies. Uh, I think the Phillies have a really good year. I just don't think that anyone can kind of compete with the Braves. Uh, Phillies coming off of an NLCS loss to the Diamondbacks. Phillies have got the pitching. They've got the pitching. They've got the offense. They've got all the pieces that is there. They've been to the NLCS last year and the year before that. They were even in the World Series before they lost to the Astros. The Phillies feel like they're right on the cusp and they're just waiting to break out. This year might be that year. If you have a full season of healthy Bryce Harper, it looks like he's full-time first baseman now. If Bryson Stott can make the ultimate step up into kind of almost, not elite, but all-star territory of a second baseman, I think that would be a really, really good sign. Uh, But there's a lot to be excited about here for the Phillies. And I think them and the Braves will have a good battle, but I think the Braves will ultimately probably win. I think the Braves will probably win around 100 to 105 uh, games this year, which is incredible to say this early in the season, but that's just how good this offense is. Uh, third place uh, in the NL East, I have the Miami Marlins. I love what the Marlins are doing. Another really, really young team trying to find their balance right now. It feels like either they're off or they're on. You don't really know fully. Uh, the pitching's there. The depth is there. The young guys are coming up slowly. It's just a matter of time for the Marlins, and they just happen to be in a really, really tough division. If you put the Marlins in the NL or the AL Central, I think the Marlins would win both of those divisions. I really, really do. I think it's easier teams that they have to face. I think they're a more balanced lineup than a lot of those teams in those divisions. So the Marlins' time is coming. The Marlins are on the horizon. They're coming back. Uh, a lot of their pitching is going to be there. It's They've had a lot of uh, like kind of troubles with health. If Sandy Alcantara can come back to his uh, Cy Young form, I think that there can be really, really dangerous uh, this season. And then I have the Mets, who have clearly taken a step back. Uh, Mets at four. Uh, you, they're kind of not traded their core away, but they're, they trade a lot of pieces away. They're trying to refine who they are. They're trying to develop a lot of the young guys and stuff. And until that happens, it's just you're kind of stalling out if you're the Mets. You're kind of just waiting, waiting for your turn if you're the Mets. Have a really good draft this year to build up that farm system back up. They might even trade Pete Alonso. I don't. I don't think they do. But come the trade deadline, if they really, really want to. I can 100% see them trading Pete Alonso for a pretty big package for a contending team, because uh, I don't I don't think Polar Bear Pete's staying after this year. He is a free agent after this year, and I don't think he stays with the team. Uh, and then fifth, I have the Nationals. Not a whole lot to say about the Nationals. They had the second overall pick in last year's draft, and they got Dylan Cruz, and he's also from LSU, center fielder. He's gonna be amazing when he comes. So there's there's a lot of young. Uh, you also have Elijah Wood too in the outfield if the Nats uh, as a prospects a lot of young prospects just a young team just a young team not a whole lot of established guys right there right now uh, they did randomly sign Joey Gallo 
I think Joey Gallo might actually have a pretty decent season for the Nats, but I can also see him having a pretty bad season too. Uh, just flip a coin. It's like I can see him having a pretty solid, okay, maybe he's back. I'll put it like this. I can see him having a solid week. I can see him having like a pretty good week where it's like he's hitting 480-foot bombs. It's like, is Joey Gallo back and the Nationals better trade him? Otherwise, he's going to go back to doing nothing. Uh, but yeah, and then looking at the NL East, finally, like I said, Braves have a eighty, uh, yeah, ninety-eight percent chance to make the playoffs. They're at ninety-eight wins right now, uh, projected. Phillies are at eighty-five projected wins. Mets are at eighty-one projected wins. Marlins are at eighty projected wins. Nationals at sixty-five projected wins. Uh, Phillies are at a fifty-eight percent chance to make the playoffs. I would even put that at maybe a little bit higher. Um, and then my NL playoff teams: Dodgers. Uh, Brewers, Braves, Phillies, Diamondbacks. And it's a toss-up for me on who the last the last wildcard team is. I I think it might cuz it's, it's either the Cubs or the Padres in my head. I I think it has to be the Padres just because of their star power as of right now, as of right now. But I can I can 100% see the Cubs coming out of the gates just really really hot and like everyone's like, "Whoa, what what is this team?" You know, they have Pete Crow Armstrong finally up. If he can figure out the bat, I think this is a pretty good balanced team. And if they re-sign Bellinger too, I think that also was what this depends on. If if the Cubs don't, I see the Padres making it. If the Cubs do, the Cubs, I think, were two games out of the, uh, the wild card last year. So I can see the Cubs coming back and coming back strong. So, but yeah, that's it for uh, my own personal division projections. Thank you so much uh, for listening to that main segment. In closing... Uh, just want to uh, say it again, new episodes air on Spotify every Friday at 8 a.m. Central. And this length that we did today is probably going to be around the length that we do, 30 to 45 minutes-ish. Uh, today was a little bit of a longer episode because I was going through just every team and their projections and stuff. Um, also, I want to put this out there. There's nothing confirmed yet, but right now I work for uh, KRNU at the University of Nebraska uh, as part of a, a class I'm in. Right now, and there are possibilities that this podcast is going to be put live, uh, not live on the air, but pre-recorded, and then be premiered live on the KRNU uh, radio station, or on the website uh, radio station as well. There is possibilities of that. I'm, uh, we're working on that right now to see if there's a time I can be put in. If any of that happens, I will let you guys know, and I'll uh, record this like it's a live radio show. I'll talk more about KRNU and stuff like that, but that is a possibility coming down here in the stretch and I think it's a really really cool possibility and that might even be able to help grow the viewership and like I said grow the uh, grow the show share the show with as many people as you can if you know someone that likes baseball say hey check out this uh, this college kid who just rants about baseball for like half an hour I'm sure they'll love it show it to your grandma show it to your grandpa show it to your aunt do uh, do whatever with it but just want to grow the show keep doing this I have a lot, of, a lot of things in the works right now of uh, ideas and potential segments and topics and stuff like that. And even some friends are probably going to come and, and join me on the show and talk some ball. Uh, but yeah, uh, for episode one, I'm Jack Lyons. Thank you so much for listening. This was the Turning 2 podcast, and we will see you next week.